Hello and welcome to a massive bumper edition of the Naked Gaming Podcast with Chris Barrow and Lee Milner. It's as full as our fat rabbit Bailey. He looks like he's overflowing from his own body. I don't know what's happening over there. I don't know. Uh, it's a special edition of the podcast because there's so many new games that came out that it's really extended and fat. Uh, and also we're recording it at home. I know. Which is so weird. Literally sitting on our sofa yeah. with Bailey kicked outside... <laughs> Because he, what he does is he drinks water from his bottle on his cage, yeah. and it's like a sort of background. It's a bit annoying, isn't noise it? Noise like that. He's so been he's banished. Been, he's been banished. Uh, so many new games then out at the moment, lots to discuss. Uh, also, something that's worth mentioning, for the first time in my life, really properly, we own a Nintendo console. Yeah, A Switch has arrived. It's the best thing ever. You said you wanted a Switch, right? Well, I originally wanted the... The Switch Lite. Switch Lite, because I wanted something for the tube. And then actually... We looked into it, didn't we? Well, what's the point? Because yeah. now you've got a little console that you can take around with you and play at home or play anywhere. Whereas the Switch Lite, you can't hook it up to the telly. We understand this is nothing new, by the way. It's just new to us. <laughs> it's brand new for us. And yeah. we think it's amazing. Anyway, but, we'll get onto that later. But what's good is that we can now review some of the Switch games as well. And there's been some really amazing ones this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Naked Gaming Pod. We're getting a few more followers there. We'll look out for that. And in our August episode, if you want to listen back to last month, it was our simulator special. Loads of them featured, including Goat Simulator. How can we forget? So my tongue is now stuck. On the other goat's bottom. What kind of game is this? No explanation required. You just have to listen to the episode if you want that to make sense. Definitely worth downloading that episode now. And subscribing, remember, to the Naked Gaming Podcast on iTunes and Spotify. There are currently nine episodes available. And Bailey has reviewed it as well. Thanks, Bailey. Uh, This month... As students prepare to go to university, we'll hear about a new degree in eSports. Interesting idea. I feel like I've been studying for an eSports degree my whole life anyway. Is that something you take? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many jobs you can do in gaming. Yeah. Well, a lot of gaming jobs are similar to TV jobs, like what you do. Exactly. You could be, you know, working in digital and TV or radio or making your own gaming programmes. Going to hear from a, the the actual lecturer of the esports degree that's available now. Uh, also, last month we mentioned 15-year-old Jaden Ashman, also known as Wolfies, who came second in the Fortnite World Cup doubles. And he did it using a controller, which is such an unusual way of achieving success. Well, this is a real turn up for the books. Lee went to actually see him and his mum, Lisa, on his first day back at school. When I get my house, I'm just going to do up my gaming room, just make it all really nice. Probably separate it from my sleeping. So we have a, we've got a um, shed out back that we're going to just do up. You love him, don't you? I do. I'm like his biggest fan. <laughs> I've said he has to come on the show one time just to, just for like a... Special. A chat. Yeah, yeah, special. Yeah. As for new releases, there are loads, actually. You've already mentioned this month. You know, you've got Gears of War 5, Astral Chain, a game called Control. God, how many hours have you spent on that? You've that you completed it, I completed you? Control, yeah. And yeah. quickly as well. I loved it. I know. That's from the makers of Alan Wake and Borderlands 3. Now, you've played a lot of that as well, haven't you? Well, I played a bit of that with your sister. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what, what we were you're doing. doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just left me and abandoned me. No yeah, worries. That's the way we do it. Uh, so they're all getting reviewed this month. Also, there's loads of retro revival stuff going on. We've got World of Warcraft Classic that's launched. The original first-person shooter, Doom, is now available on your phone. And only today I managed to get hold of Link's Awakening, which is like a remastered version of that classic Game Boy game. So I've been playing that today. Uh, also, Tamagotchis. We finally got round to trying to get them married. Yay! It's hatching. Every time it's Tamagotchis, you you, you go into, like, shell-shock mode. Because I always think they're going to be amazing. Stay tuned to find (laughs) out. Moving on. No, we're going to find out if they get married anyway. Surely we can succeed at that. Come on. We better, otherwise it doesn't look good for our own wedding. So first today, our Dota 2 correspondent, Lee Milner, has a roundup of a competition with a lot of prize money called the International. With the biggest prize pool in competitive gaming history, the International is a competition in the game Dota 2, which, by the way, is short for Defence of the Ancients. So how much money... 
$34 million. First prize was taken by the European team OG Dota, who became the first ever back-to-back champions of the international. I can't believe what we're seeing in this game. You throw your sword on the game, you throw your sword on the game, you throw It's fair to say the commentators were a little bit excited. The best of five finals saw OG Dota take the series 3-1 to one over their rivals Team Liquid. First prize was $15.6 million. Team Liquid in second place took home nearly $4.5 million, so not bad. And the winners will have their names engraved on the Aegis of Champions, a trophy that's shaped like a shield and made of bronze and silver, a prize which money obviously can't buy unless you want to buy a replica off eBay for about 100 quid. Thanks to our Dota 2 correspondent Lee Milner, there have been a lot of competitions recently with huge prize pools, so we'll stay across them for you. Well, this is my favourite pointless controversy this month. Right, this is the question. What would you call the buttons on the PlayStation controller? Now, you've got triangle, Mm. circle, Mm -hmm. square, and... X. Right. Well, according to PlayStation, the X button is actually called cross. No. (laughs) No. Don't accept it. (laughs) But this is from their official Twitter account. I don't care. No. Triangle, circle, cross, square. If cross is called X then what are you calling circle, they say? Because their argument is you don't call circle O, and because they're all shapes, you should call it I cross. I just call it X, so therefore... You're right. I am right. As I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good job you know. So I don't, I don't accept that. I think a lot of people are going to be X about this. That's the top like joke. That. Uh, my favourite reply <laughs> on the actual PlayStation Twitter was from a tweeter who renamed the buttons himself to Pizza Slice, mm. Pizza Box... <gasps> No pizza and pizza. Oh, I like that. That's really good, isn't it? A bit uh, long-winded, but yeah. Okay. Well, at least now we know. Slammed on Twitter. So as students prepare for university this month, it might feel like playing games will have to take a back seat, but not if you're studying for an esports degree. I like the idea of this. Matt Huxley is a lecturer in esports. No. It, it, well, it's amazing. It is. What a cool job. What a job, yeah. Wow. So he's at Staffordshire University and he's teaching this brand new course at the Digital Institute in London. Can you imagine, though, saying to your mum and dad, you know, I'm yes. going to university, exactly. mum and dad, and your mum and dad, wow, are you going to take e- economics, business, science? <laughs> You're trying to think of other things we need with you, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> economics, uh, <laughs> English. <laughs> um, no, mum and dad, I'm taking esports. What? Interestingly, you say that because I do ask him that question in a minute. He also used to be a member of the Gfinity esports team. Oh. So it's not just like he lectures on this. He mm. really has lived and breathed esports for his whole career. They're the best. Yeah. So I bet you're wondering, what does the course involve? One of the things that uh, we kind of say from the outset and in a lot of the material is they won't be playing games on this course. That's not to say that we don't have an incredible array of equipment that they can use all in their free time. Um, but there is, there's no, you know, the course itself and the degree that they'll be coming out with covers no actual gameplay. So instead, we're looking at all the broadcast elements, either being on in front of the camera. So that's through, you know, casting, through interviewing, through hosting. Uh, but equally, that's all the positions that lie behind it. So if you're the producer, vision mixer, uh, audio, you know, we, we have all that. Um, and equally, in, in the same vein, actually, we've... Um, sort of invested very very heavily in the technology side so that the equipment that the students will be using is the cutting edge stuff that we just brought in at gfinity recently um and i was kind of floored at that i was thinking wow like a lot of esports companies out there haven't got the equipment that we're actually training these people on um so in terms of that you know ready for the future i think i think that's really there i'm sure that parents who are listening to this will be happy that you've said that because i can imagine that if your child comes to you you know fresh out of school and says right i want to do a degree in esports that your first thought would be well they're going to be playing computer games all the time do you have to try and reassure parents that actually this is a sort of legitimate career nowadays because this is still very new to some people i think absolutely i think um it you know it will always it will always have that initial you know, people always take it being to computer games. You know what? You know, if somebody's son or daughter um, came to them and said they wanted to work in the film industry, you're not immediately going to be like, well, you're never going to be an actor. You know, it, if you if you think of film industry or the music industry, there's thousands of jobs, studios, people that work on graphics, 
and you know tertiary sort of uh, industries that relate around it that are the jobs that build up those um, markets to be profitable interesting so those jobs are there then in, in your experience that actually with a degree that would help you get a job and actually there are enough available jobs in this sector because that's an interesting thing for me is that you know how many jobs are there really available oh uh, yeah i think it's it's one thing that um, esports uh, really does well is that it's kind of um, borderless a lot in its approach. Um, it can make things uh, very open. Uh, so there's a lot of availability for people to work in sort of many places in the world. And there's a lot of remote working. Something I noticed about the Fortnite championships that we had recently, and, and this has been written about a lot in the press, actually, that there was no female gamers in the top 100 who are actually competing for the big prize do you think that more people would be encouraged to perhaps study and i'm talking about female gamers particularly to study something like a degree in esports and maybe i don't know feel like they have that degree backing behind them to then take that further into becoming the players of the future there's room massive room for it to improve um and hopefully with with degrees such as this um and obviously universities such as ours run initiatives like women in tech and things like that to try and kind of get that you know participation wider in the stem fields um and hopefully it's an environment that yeah we have we have a more sort of different background of people to bring their opinions to Thanks to Matt Huxley. Would you study that degree? I like the fact that he was saying it's actually quite good because there's a lot of jobs available in that area. How old can you be to be a student? Can you be? Can I be? Can you I can be, be an older student. I'll enrol next year then. You're not that old. <laughs> oh, thanks. That old. <laughs> <laughs> to find out more about that degree, you can head to dilondon.staffs.ac.uk if you're interested. Now, last month, I did a huge amount of work, rounding up all the action from the Fortnite World Cup. I felt like I should have been playing a small violin for you there. Honestly, I think you should get paid more. I'm still recovering. I think you should get paid. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned one story in particular during that roundup, which is just amazing. Yeah, so this is uh, Jade Nashman, also known as Wolfies, who played in the doubles of the Fortnite World Cup and actually came second with his partner, Dave Jong, So now Jaden is a millionaire. It is an amazing story. And he did it with a controller, which we've mentioned as well, which is so rare. Because he's 15 years old, though, he's he's actually going back to school. I bet he's thrilled about that. (laughs) (laughs) He's quite modest, to be fair. It's lovely to see. So I I went to meet him and his mum, Lisa, as they were getting ready. Jaden! What do you want for breakfast? Uh, Can I have some Cocoa Pops? With almost a million pounds in the bank, it's time to go back to school for 15-year-old gamer Jade Nashman, also known as Wolfies Online. Three, two, one. He won his fortune after coming second in the doubles of the first ever Fortnite World Cup. Over 40 million gamers attempted to qualify, but only 100 battled it out for a total prize pot of 30 million. Sitting at the breakfast table with his mum, Lisa, Jaden told me that the first thing he bought with the winnings was a house for his mum, and he's already thinking about a brand new gaming room. When I get my house, I'm just going to do up my gaming room, just make it all really nice, probably separate it from my sleeping. So we have a, we've got a um, shed out back that we're going to just do up into like a full game room with all good internet and everything. It's going to be like a gamer's paradise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you want to pursue a future in gaming. What about school, though? Because isn't it GCSE year? Yeah, but I'm going to carry on going to school. And my house is literally right outside my school, so I can roll out of bed and go to school now. Is schooling still as important, even though you've won all that money? Yeah, because even though I've won a million, it's not going to hold me for the rest of my life, so... Now, Lisa, this must have been so hard for you as a mum because plenty of parents would have said, you know, come on, you spent too much time on the console. You even threw it out at one point. I did. How do you feel, though, now after his success? Do you let him play on it as much? Since we've been back from New York, it's been the school holidays. So everything's up in the air, you know, routines out the window. But he is going back to school and Jaden knows that his GCSEs are important. So we're going to have to have some sort of structure into his day and he's not going to be able to play the game when he wants he will have to go to bed at a reasonable time because a lot of mums and dads will be thinking ah you know he's done so well he's won a million pounds at the age of 15 but how do you know if my kid's going to be that successful and if he's going to lose out on on the schooling Jaden recognized early on that he had a talent for the game I didn't see it 
I wasn't interested in seeing it because all I see it was he's playing the computer game and he's wasting his time. You know, he should be focusing on school. But now I do take the time. You know, I have a look on. I'm even thinking about opening a Twitch account and an Instagram so, so that I can so that I can have a look and and, and follow him. How proud of Jaden are you? I am really proud. The way that Jaden's handled it all, um, I think he's been amazing. I think he's literally. I don't think he's changed one bit. He was on TV the other day. Today is Jaden's first day back at school, and it seems his friends are impressed. I'm quite proud of him, you know. Yeah, like, he's worked hard for it and he deserves it. He's done very well. Oh, what have you heard? <laughs> I've heard that he won quite a lot of money. I was watching the tournament myself, yeah. What did you make of his performance? He'd done really good. I didn't know he was that good, to be honest, but... Does it inspire you to get into gaming? Nah, not really, nah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be that good. To the outside world, he's a gaming superstar. But inside the classroom, he's just a 15-year-old boy studying for his future. It sounds like he's not letting fame get to him, which I really like. It was so nice to see. And to be fair, he was excited about the house, but more excited about the controllers and the new equipment. He's already just looking at his setup. It's quite impressive. I was really jealous because I saw his um, you know, Xbox setup. He's got about like, five different controllers. But they're all like colours. Yeah, oh, I love and it. he's like... As soon as I get into that shed, there's going to be internet in there, like probably dual screens, everything. It's going to look fab. Yeah, and I'm pleased he's excited as well. Well done to Jaden, and good luck with GCSEs as well. <laughs> when so the weird. time comes, I know when the time comes. <laughs> oh. So from Wolfies to Wolf 3D, which is the best link you'll ever hear. Uh, now they're a company actually, and they make in-game avatars from just one selfie. So you take a picture of yourself, you send it off to them, and then they create you a character which you can use in games. Uh, the character ends up looking pretty much exactly like you because they've been doing this for years now. They also say that there's improvements, which is okay. an interesting... So not if you want to have bigger eyes, you can. I'm a little bit worried about this, though, mm-hmm. because... Is this on like any kind of online game, yeah. say Minecraft or anything like that? The games that they're compatible with at the moment, you can use them in there. They're planning on making it in all games. So it's getting rid of being anonymous online, though. Exactly. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, this does come up in the discussion. I mean, if it was me, I would just get my character to wear sunglasses because I like wearing sunglasses. i get like war paint on my face because I think that's cool. Yeah, and I don't think it's a problem for people our age. It's more for people a lot younger. There's a specific reason why we're talking about it this month, and that's because a lot of games have started using actors and their real-life likenesses in the game. Yeah, I mean, we've had the recent announcement of games like Cyberpunk 2077, which features a game version of Keanu Reeves, and Death Stranding, which has also got the legendary Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead as the lead actor. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, How how good is this sort of technology, and what will it be used for in the future? So Timmy Turker is the founder of Wolf 3D, and he told me, firstly, how they go about creating this avatar. Uh, we do that by using a single selfie of a person. Um, so it takes about seven seconds on the phone to generate the full 3D character, 3D avatar of you that looks like you. Um, and we can do it because uh, you know we've been scanning people for a while, more than five years, almost six years. We scan about 20,000 people with hardware scanners. So we have a super high quality database. And now we're just using deep learning to predict uh, based on a single photo what your 3D face is going to look like. Why do you think people nowadays especially want to have their likenesses in games? Because, you know, historically it just wasn't possible to do this kind of thing, you know, be truly represented. I think people actually don't want to have exactly their likeness. They want to have kind of a version of themselves, like a better version of themselves, like like their social media profiles, <laughs> if you compare it. You want it to be something that you can recognise as, as yourself, but you also want to have the customization and, and the ability to edit it and and stylize it so it's kind of an ideal version of yourself. Um, I think, you know, people naturally already have uh, very tight connections with their game characters, uh, but but having your own likeness there, uh, recognizing it as a version of yourself, will only increase that. There's a lot of big games that are coming out very soon, like, for example, Death Stranding, where basically, you know, celebrities and actors and, you know, big big names are being put into games and then their voice is being used in the game as well. So you've got essentially what looks like them acting in your game. Do you think that this is the way that games are going nowadays, that, you know, big names can actually lend quite a lot to a game? Or do you think it's a, a strange move at this stage? Yeah, I mean, surely it, it feels like... Uh the way to go like uh, in a more 
interactive way with the celebrities world, you know, through our screens uh, from, you know, movies and, and so forth. Uh, it feels like a natural way. Uh, if it becomes easier to bring them into the experiences, then, then why not? And actually, actors have been scanned and, and kind of digitized for decades already. Like the scanning technology in Hollywood has existed for a while, uh, but it, it just requires a lot of hardware, lots of uh, scanners and uh, lots of uh, manual labor. But yeah, if you want to scan an actor, then that, that's fine. How interesting is that? Yeah, that was Timu Turka, who's founder of Wolf 3D, just talking through some of the pros and cons of using that kind of technology. Pokemon Masters was released this month for mobile devices. It's free to play and involves sync pairs, which basically means a trainer and a Pokemon synchronised together. You can battle each other's trainers in teams of three, and it's proving hugely popular. So I tasked our pocket monster enthusiast, Alex Rhodes, with reviewing the game. Let's see how he got on. Okay, I'm ready. I've got Pokemon Masters installed on my phone, ready to go. I've never played it. I'm going in cold to this uh, because I don't even really know what it's about. I'm inside, so hopefully it's not too much like Pokemon Go, um, so I don't have to walk around too much. Right, let's open it up. Okay, here we go. Pokemon. Oh, now you've got to do all the technical stuff. Pokemon Masters will let you to send you notifications. Uh, no. Attention, this app can be played for free, but there are purchasable items. Microtransactions. Here we go. See, right from the off, you can tell it's a Pokemon game. There's something about a Pokemon game sort of soundtrack that's always a giveaway, even when it changes. Japanese or English? Let's hear it. English. Go, go with that. My Japanese is a bit rusty. Oh, God, there's a lot of technical stuff here. Right. Okay, please check all the information low with your parent or guardian if you're a minor. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's printing out the privacy policy and the EULA rules for their mum and dad to read, but okay. Your usage data and personal data may be collected for the reasons indicated in the privacy policy. Okay, fine. Oh, you have to agree. Right. You need a Nintendo account. Right. I don't have one. Spending notifications. No! We're actually getting there now. If it says you need an update, I'm going to flip out. Here we go. Whoa, he speaks. Blue. Uh, Blue is the, the age-old rival from the Pokemon games. Professor Oak's least favourite grandson. I'll just put my name. Please don't use your real name. Oh, fine, right, okay. A nickname. Um, I'm just going to put Charming Ander. Because, like, Charmander and my name is Alexander. So, that's... It's too long. Right, okay, fine. Roadsy. That'll do. What do I look like? Ah, okay, customise your character. Oh, I've typed it. It says... <laughs> it's, I've typed Roddy. The autocorrects change it to Roddy. Right, that's got a nice ring to it, says Blue. All right, enough of the sarcasm, please. It's taken him such a long time. Uh, <laughs> Roddy hasn't even managed oh to start goodness. playing the game wow. yet. Wow, okay. Uh, two minutes, and that was the, the short version of... Getting where, it to work. Where did we get Alex from? Why can't we get rid of him? <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Anyway, we'll check back in with him in a bit. Now, earlier this month, hashtag visible women was trending on Twitter, highlighting women who are prominent in male-dominated industries. We actually noticed just by looking at it that loads of the people tweeting and messaging using this hashtag were actually working in the gaming industry. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I decided to catch up with Carrie Watterton, who's, she calls herself a user experience designer with a games company called Puny Astronaut. They're based in Dundee. What that really means is that in games, when you're looking at those menus and those screens, and you know, you look at your items that you're carrying, mm-hmm. she actually designs those, oh, wow. which is really cool. How do you get into something like that? Well, exactly. She told me that something called a game jam is a very good way of learning the ropes. Oh, game jams are fantastic. So it's uh, an event that you'll go to. Um, it's usually quite student friendly, where you're given a stimulus uh, and you have to respond to that stimulus within 48 hours and create a game. It doesn't always have to be a game. It can be an interactive experience, things like that. But typically it's a game. Um, so one thing that happens every year is the global game jam that happens in January. I think it's like usually around the 22nd. And that happens on a global scale. So there's like hundreds of countries that compete. And it's quite, it's really Really cool because we get the theme in Scotland and the UK and it's like you can't talk about the theme until Hawaii gets it so it's like you got to wait eight hours until they've got it um but yeah and you just have these teams of people and you can either go in with your own team or you can go as like a solo person get like picked up by a group of people um and it's a fantastic opportunity to learn new things um and it's just it's so much fun as well because you always end up with something at the end of it 
but yeah usually you're up all night and you get free pizza and everyone's completely dead by the last day and what you're submitting has 101 bugs in it and it's just but it's just a fantastic experience yeah like you say you kind of end up with something at the end of it you know portfolio wise if especially if you're starting out it could be really good for something like that i guess mm-hmm Absolutely. Yeah, I've done I've done a number of game jams. One of the best ones that I've done has been the Murray Game Jam, which is actually from where I'm from originally. And they they have two categories. They have a digital game and a board game. And I've only ever done the board game ones because I didn't know any programmers at the time and it's just sort of stuck with me. Um and I actually the first year that we went we won it. Oh wow. Um yeah, and we got to, as the prize, go down to the UK Games Expo um, in 2016 and exhibit the game and pitch it to publishers and all that sort of stuff. And it was a fantastic experience for a group of teenagers to go and do that. It was great. Yeah, no, it's awesome. You're obviously on the younger side of your career in the earlier years and things like that. What would you say to people who are maybe sort of about to get to where you are and, and kind of what to do? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it depends what kind of discipline you're going to go into. So for my discipline, which is UI and UX, uh, if you have a strong graphic design background, then that's really good. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of professionals in the industry who've started off with graphic design. Um, But I think going to game jams, because there are loads running all the time, is a really good way to sort of get a foothold in the industry. Um, And I think just speaking to people and making connections. I found some of the best feedback that I got was when I reached out to um, other user interface artists that I admired and was like, can I show you my portfolio and what I've got? Can you give me some tips on how to um, advance and what to do? Um, I don't feel like I'm at the stage where I can give proper feedback to people um, because I have so little experience. Um, One of the best things was actually getting in touch with those people who had been part of the hiring process and who were able to say, yeah, we look for this kind of stuff and you probably want to work on this and present this differently. Thanks to Carrie Waterton for that advice. Busy night, but there's always room for another. You're listening to the Naked Gaming Podcast with Lee Milner and Chris Barrow. Time to look at new releases this month in our bumper edition of the podcast, mostly because of how many games have come out. It's a ridiculous month. Let's start with Gears of War 5, probably the biggest and most anticipated release this month. It's been a very long time coming as well. Is this finally an Xbox game that's worth playing? You find what you're looking for? Yeah. And now we need to kill it. I need you to think about what you saw in that vision. Every detail. Multiple security breaches. Old Afira ruins. External camera 16. External camera 15. Camera 10. God damn it. They're here. I can answer that question. No, it is not. <laughs> I still You're haven't... so excited about this. The thing is, Gears of War 1 yeah. and Gears of War 2 were probably yeah, some of the pretty, best games that epic. I've ever yeah. played. Yeah. I played the online. I, I remember at A-level time playing that game and preferencing gaming over doing my A-levels. Oh, sorry, yeah, we're on air now. <laughs> but I loved it. But then a new company took over. Okay. And they've done, you know, Gears of War 4, for example, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. Gears of War 5 is basically the same as Gears of War 4. Right. So, so no development, really? Not really. The, the thing they've added in is three-player co-op instead of two-player co-op. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play with three people, I recommend it to you. Okay. There's new modes. There's something called escape, which means that you're trying to essentially survive and get out of an area. Mm-hmm. The graphics are the same, though, as the last game. A bit too colourful. Like in the first games, they were dark, gritty, quite shiny. Yeah. The what textures... you'd expect for the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it created that atmosphere, and then now it's a bit more cartoony. And everything looks a bit dull at the same time. So I didn't like the graphics on it. The training mission took about an hour. The campaign, I, I couldn't be bothered to do the campaign. And the worst thing is that the voice acting was awful. We should employ us. Yeah. We could do a better job. Well, I could do Marcus Phoenix. Go on then. There's a locust behind you. That's you see not, what I mean? That's not half bad. He's just really... Didn't know he could do that. <laughs> didn't know he could get deeper. I'm behind you. Oh, I stopped there. Yeah, that's too far. Um, <laughs> also, you played as Marcus Phoenix in the past, uh-huh. and he's in this game. Yeah. But instead, you play as his sad sack of a son. Wow. And it is really... Wow. Can we just clip that and use that again? <laughs> his sad sack of a son. You like the action replay on just, what I just yeah. said? So now we're going to save that, and we can just use it for whatever we hate. Okay, because I don't want to play as his son. His son is a non-event. Wow. I want to play as Marcus Phoenix. Okay. Uh, anyway. I didn't like it that much. If you liked Gears of War 3 and 4, then this is the game for you and you'll probably love it and you'll give it an 8 out of 10. How much did this cost us? 
two pounds. Now, oh, this goodness. is the good thing about this, right? Because if and still you can get it with the Xbox Ultimate subscription. Um, which means that you sign up and you can download loads and loads of games and they're doing a special deal where you can have it for the first two months and we're in month two mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. for £2 a month. Okay. Uh, that then runs out, but you can cancel at any time. What games do you ever play on the Xbox? I don't. Cause I, like you, everyone knows I'm not a fan of the Xbox. I am. I'm all about PS4. Yeah. So what, what games have you got? And now you're all about the Switch. But, uh, <laughs> like, for example, I didn't like... Hang on a minute. What have we... Because we're in our living room. There's that one there. Twenty games. Yeah, go on. Hang on. This is game and shame. This is a new feature. Game and shame. What's in your games collection? Out of about twenty games, we've got one, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. How often do you play that? Uh, that's the one I've played the most, and I've played for about two hours. Right. Waste of money. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend it particularly. Uh, clean these up. Yeah, that's your problem now. <laughs> I would say three out of ten. I didn't enjoy it at all. That's a very unpopular opinion i know but if you didn't like gears of war 4 you ain't gonna like this one Uh, it's out now though on xbox and windows 10 and it's got that classic online multiplayer if that's your thing okay so next today it's borderlands 3 you may remember they released an incense burner i certainly do in the shape of one of the bad guys from the game called the rampager if you missed that listen back to our july edition for a roundup of the worst gaming merchandise of all time even though i think that's quite good so is the latest borderlands game any good chris well this is an interesting one so i played this game completely and utterly in co-op with your sister when she was staying here. Like you spent like hours playing that. Yeah, we played for about three hours and we loved it. We both yeah, it loved it. it looked quite good. It was interesting to get her opinion on it as well. Basically, I think personally it's better than Borderlands 1 and 2. It's very funny. I remember it now, yeah. It's it, come back I, to I really, you, yeah. I really want to play this. Uh, the gunplay is very good as well. The co-op mode is superbly done. If you want local couch co-op, get this game, honestly. It gets the humour right, like the Telltale version of Borderlands that you can play on your phone, which I really recommend as well, because that's very story-driven. This is just as funny as that. The only complaint that we had in about three hours was that when you first get in a car and drive around, it's not great to control. Okay. But apart from that, the actual first-person shooter element of it is really excellent. The guns are a lot of fun to use. I was playing as a character who could summon basically a massive skag as it's called which looked like a huge fat bailey the rabbit oh is this doggo doggo we called him doggo yeah exactly Uh, so we played with doggo and that was so much fun honestly what would you give out of 10 well i was originally going to give it seven but i would say actually i'm going to give it an eight out of ten because just thinking about it now it's got a lot of gameplay in it it's not an essential purchase this month because there's so many games to get hold of which we'll come on to Uh, but a lot of fun to be had there borderlands 3 is out now on playstation 4 xbox one and microsoft windows Stop kidding around, Snake. Now, more new games. We got... It's endless. So many. <laughs> this goes this on forever, doesn't it? It's good. It? I love it. Good month. I think it's because we've got the Nintendo Switch this month. And after looking at the Nintendo Switch Lite and basically going, nah. No. It was, what's the point? What have you enjoyed playing on the Switch, by the way? Because I got it for you and you've been and playing ha- actually quite a lot. Hang on. And who's been playing it the most? You. <laughs> you've been playing it the most. Okay, so we all know I like platform games. So yeah. Super Mario is my absolute favourite. Oh, I've got a clip of us playing Super Mario. Do you want to hear it? No, I don't want you coming with me. (laughs) Oh, come on. Really? (laughs) You think you're dead already? No! You straight up just murdered your own sister. (laughs) (laughs) That was ridiculous. There's so much shouting and screaming. It's just our house, to be honest. Just that house. Was that when my sister was over? I think the best thing about the Switch, if you haven't got a Switch, by the way, when it's kind of portable, it's like a Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, you can use it on the train, on the tube, whatever. And the best thing is, if you go on like long haul flights or a long journey, you can play with your mate, which is unbelievable. But then you get to their house, all you've got to do is dock it and get the controllers, and then it becomes like a PS4. Exactly that. And I've never, ever known a console to be like that. And I would say I've probably played it more in handheld mode than actually hooked up to the TV. Yeah, definitely. But that's what's so good about it. I'd recommend you buy the controller pads that you can dock the little... The mini side controllers onto. The mini side controllers, yeah, because it does hurt your hands if you've got... I mean, I've got tiny hands and it still hurts my hands, but I think the fact that you can add more players and more players... And look, I know this isn't new... But, but it is for us, though. It is for us, and we've always thought, nah, 
Not a Nintendo Switch. I never would have bought a Nintendo Switch, but now that we've got one, I strongly recommend it. And actually, if you like things like Zelda, Breath of the Wild... You love that game, ...is a game that's worth buying the console for just on its own. A lot of people are curious about Breath of the Wild. It's the best game they've got. It's so good. How fool. You people are leading all of humanity straight to damnation. Straight to damnation? You're the terrorist here! So Astral Chain, you haven't really seen this one. No. So it's very story-driven. It's like a hack and slasher, but with a really good story, which is very unusual. And you've got this thing called a legion, which is basically like a pet, but mm-hmm. it's like a sort of alien pet type okay. thing. So the Astral Chain is the chain that controls it. And you summon it, and you, when you're fighting the bad guys, it's you and your legions, almost like swinging around this chain together. And you can use your legion to sort of encircle bad guys and lock them up and stuff together. It's really good. I didn't think this was going to be that good a game. But this has probably overtaken Zelda Breath of the Wild as actually the game I played the most this month. Combat's amazing. The running inside is a bit awkward. There's, There's a lot of weird stuff in the game. I just want to mention a few of the odd things. So there's a toilet paper fairy in the toilet. And if you give it toilet paper, it's happy. Oh, yeah, it's a bit, nice. bit weird, though. Uh, there's a thing called Lappy the Dog, where some uh, female character dresses up as the mascot of the police station, Lappy the Dog, and it's, it's just really odd. That's bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, the thing I didn't like was that the lips don't move to the English translation of the game. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like a that's Japanese because, game, a bit, basically. Yeah, and you think, they've done so much to make it incredible. Why not just do that yeah. last final hurdle? Yeah. The detective elements as well, are very much like a game called L.A. Noir, which is one of my favourite games. And that's just a little bonus on top of all the combat. So you're kind of solving cases, you're a police officer, it's over-the-shoulder camera, stuff like that. Okay. There's only one grammar mistake in this game, and they say worse comes to worse instead of worst comes to worst. All right, grammar police. I know, I know. So what would you give it out of ten? Honestly, Mm -hmm. this game is a must-buy for the Switch. Despite the things that I've said that I don't like about it, I'd give it a nine out of ten. What? Now, that's because it is greater than the sum of its parts so individual elements are fine but when they're knitted together to create the game it's a real game experience you me there honestly but i played this more than zelda breath of hyrule this is actually taken over I'm, i think i'm going to want to go back and play it on the most difficult mode as well so astral chain is out now on nintendo switch and if you want to get it definitely get it it's really good So there's another new Pokemon game. This one, though, is free to play. Pokemon Masters. I accept your challenge. Go, help out! Defend Stealthless! I only played for about 10 minutes and I kind of liked it. So it's got this thing called Sync Pairs in. Mm. That means that you're a trainer like Ash, yeah. and Ash is locked together with Pikachu. You can't change your Pokemon. You're a sync pair. Yeah. And you've got Misty with Star Me, and they're locked together. Oh, okay. You can unlock new sync pairs to add to your team of three. Uh-huh. So I asked our resident Ash Ketchum enthusiast, Alex Rhodes, who's been swiping his Pokeballs, to see how good this latest free-to-play <laughs> game actually is on your phone. Do-do-do-do. Very jolly. Guess who that is? You're right, it is Pikachu. Right, okay. I actually don't know what the... Oh, Brock and Misty are here. Okay, the whole gang. This isn't what I was expecting at all. Let's just tap on Misty's face. Ever since I teamed up with you, I felt like my Pokemon and I have become closer than ever before. You are laying it on a bit thick there, Misty. We've literally just met. Thanks. You're welcome. Explore. Main story. Ooh, there's some kind of battle thing going on. These lot are angry because it's against the rules to force a Pokemon trainer to battle when they don't want to. Mm, Street Thug is not having any of it, though. Or Punk Girl. We're coming, we're springing to the rescue here. Oh, right, okay, so we're getting a more, it's more of a, like, an RPG in the sense that you've got your characters, they each have a Pokemon each, mine's obviously a Pikachu. Tell you what, it's a real step up from Pokemon Go in the sense that it's very slick, you know, lots of animations going on already. Rock throw. Onyx chucks her on. That's a pretty good animation. Because I like Pokemon Go, much like everyone. Uh, it had that amazing two weeks where everyone was playing Pokemon Go and people on the news were like, what is this thing called Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go. How did your parents say Pokemon? Might say Pokemon, I think. Pokemon, that's how they say it. Yeah. Um, this has definitely got a lot more going on. Yeah, that's right. Street Punk. Boom. Knockout. Victory very slick really impressed so far yeah one thing that's levied against pokemon a lot is um that not enough has changed 
And they don't really have an excuse for that because, you know, they could invest a lot of money. Everyone's been crying out for a full console, proper console, um, Pokemon game. We're probably going to see that with the Switch now, but like... They were late to the party with it. And the Pokemon company make literally all the money in the world. Pokemon Go was the most popular app ever. They make loads in the merchandising and the anime and the, you know, the movies. There's like 50 movies. With Pokemon, it's been pretty static for a long time. There is the argument, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Fair enough. But at the same time, I think this is more in the right direction. It's actually changing up the formula. So yeah, I'm enjoying this, Chris. It's pretty good. You're welcome, Rosa. Um... And also, you know, voice acting, that's something they generally don't have. They still call me Roddy. Stop. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I'm going to figure it out, see if I can change my nickname. But yeah, thanks for putting me onto this one, Chris. I'd, uh, it's a solid game, this, and it's worth your time. It's actually very impressive for a mobile game. Alex Rhodes there having the time of his life. <laughs> he did very well. He did. Uh, there is something coming up for him, which is a, a massive 500 megabyte download oh. of more stuff. Oh just to goodness. bear in mind but he sounded like he enjoyed it a lot yeah remember it's available on your phone at the moment free of charge there's one other pokemon story just quickly not that we've been watching pokemon recently but over the last 22 years of training and battling to be the best ash from the pokemon series had never actually come first in a pokemon tournament well recently his dream of becoming a pokemon master finally came true in the latest episode of pokemon the series sun and moon ash wins the championship competition of the alola league the first time he's ever won so well wow. done ash you finally did it mate he's a pokemon master i thought it was always always a pokemon I thought as well because i haven't watched it for a while but i looked up his rankings and he's come like 32nd 16th 8th 16th so fourth, actually ash eighth. was rubbish yeah he was rubbish he never was a pokemon master before so it takes you 22 years wow i mean that's a lot of dedication <laughs> also how old is ash now he was like 15 at least he must be at started. least like 42 yeah. well there you go experience is everything <laughs> Well done, Ash. You do know he's not real, don't you? Shh, don't ruin it for me. Another new game for you this month from the makers of Alan Wake comes a game called Control. Fair warning. This is going to be weirder than usual. So Control is a game that is very similar to Alan Wake, third person. You go up against something called the Hiss, which is possessing people and making them float in midair. Uh, you get something called an object of power, which is like a gun. You get telekinetic powers from weird things like floppy disks and a massive large anchor. It's quite an unusual game, but you actually played quite a lot of this for a while. Yeah, I wasn't very good, to be honest, but I thought this was really, really good. It was really good and imaginative, quite creative. The fact that you can move things with I your hands. I've never seen a game where you have so much power over the environment to like chuck stuff at enemies. Maybe that's why it's called Control, darling. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, there was a bit of a weird thing with the brightness at the beginning, if you remember. They said there's three icons here uh, make sure that the left one is invisible the middle one oh, is yeah. done but there was only two icons yeah a bit <laughs> weird. it is really good and how long did it take for you to complete this one you can beat the game in 12 hours and i think i did it in about 12 or 13 hours um it's very good though on a very rare occasion it would sort of stutter around a bit because it couldn't quite handle it but they've just done an update which fixes that problem oh, okay so that's okay. really good if you want to take a bit longer there are side missions the only problem with this game once you finish it's not a lot of reason to carry on playing if you die as well it takes a little bit of a a long time to come back to life and replay it. I think you found that yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of games are like that though, aren't they? Because it's become more stable, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I'd be interested to know what you'd give it because I, I really like this game. Well, the only problem is I don't rate games or give them high rates if I can't do it or I find it hard. Yeah. So I give this in my, t you know, I give it a 6 out of 10. So it was quite hard. To, it was it, a hard for game. For me, it was quite a hard game and I get bored then and I, and I give up. So I think if I just get more practice, maybe I'll be better and I give it a higher okay. score. 6 out of 10 from Lee, 9 from me. It's definitely worth a go. It's a bit of a sleeper hit, to be honest. So check it out. You're listening to the Naked Gaming Podcast with Lee Milner 
and Chris Barrow. Time to go to Retro Revival this month and we promised this would be a bumper edition. That's because we've got three classic games for you this month as well. Starting with World of Warcraft Classic, described as a faithful recreation of the original WoW experience. Someone once said that you can't go home again, but they lacked vision. And a temporal discombobulator. <laughs> now, I didn't play much of World of Warcraft. Did you play no. World of Warcraft? No, that's the only game really that I just haven't really played, but I appreciate why it's such a good game. Yeah, the original game is what people call vanilla, which is like... Yeah. The unflavoured, yeah. no expansions, uh-huh. that right. That is what has been re-released here. So uh-huh. World of Warcraft Classic is the vanilla version of the game. Okay. Uh, Marco tweeted us saying that the queue time to get into the game was obscene. This is the thing. So Wolfies, who we heard from earlier on, yeah. when I went round to his house, uh, he had something like downloading in the background. I thought, well, what's that? He said, oh yeah, it's just the new World of Warcraft. You have to sign in at eight o'clock in the morning and by about four o'clock, maybe five o'clock in the afternoon, you might just get on. Yeah. What? So that is... That's ridiculous. That is what it used to be like to get into the servers. Uh, we're not the best people to review this game, so I've drafted in Wedge from the Mana Source to be our World of Warcraft classic correspondent. Uh, he's known for his YouTube videos about Magic the Gathering, the card mm-hmm, game, mm-hmm. but he's also an absolutely huge fan of World of Warcraft. Oh, wow. He's played, you know, I think he told me he played for like 5,000 hours worth of what? time. And that's not even as much as some of the, the hard, really hardcore yeah. players. So I've been catching up with him about what it's like going back to World of Warcraft classic. It's definitely not exactly the same. The game now is so much bigger than it was in vanilla that one of the biggest difference they're doing is layering servers. Azeroth is too small in vanilla for the amount of people playing now. It was fine in 05, right? But now there's like millions of people. And that's just, it's not realistic. So they're uh, putting different like instances of areas on one server. So you can go in one area and some people just disappear because they're on another like load of that server which has turned into a really huge difference because now people are trying to get invited to like different layers where there are different amounts of people in them and it's that makes it totally different but the core is the same so there's a lot of inconvenience and a lot of like ridiculous things that shouldn't exist like we're going back to before blizzard learned anything uh so it's 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 kind of like rudimentary but it brings with it the difficulty that we all remember i've put in an absurd amount of game hours and i'm like nowhere near highest level yet it's a difficult game and that's definitely like i would say nostalgia is the reason i started playing again but the difficulty of the game is what keeps me playing because it's just so interesting it's it's nice to actually play something that's a bit unforgiving and i was hearing that when it first ever you know like day one kind of thing people were queuing for like 10 hours well you know you, you put your character in the queue then you maybe go to sleep wake up and then you play once you finally loaded in is that still the case now does it still take ages to get in the game at like 5 p.m. Eastern time, everyone's going to be playing all night, so the queue's going to go down pretty slow. But yeah, it's wild. It's completely... It's like the Wild West. You really have no idea how long it's going to take once you try to queue. But isn't that one of the attractions of it now, is that unlike games that you can play nowadays, you know, you can mostly do it when you want, log in. They try and make it, like you say, quite easy to play at any time. Do you think there's something about actually the fact that you can't just get in immediately that makes you appreciate it more as a game? Because when you finally get there, you're like, right, it's game time. It's serious now. Oh, 100%. It's, it's definitely part of the new culture. The, uh, the guild that I run, uh, which is quite large, that's become a part of the community. Is people log on and they'll like, share their queue times and they'll be like, oh man, like, I can't wait to get on. Like, it's, it's this thing that they never, that especially the new players who have never played this before, They've never dealt with queues, right? Like, how many new player, like, how many new gamers do you know have had to deal with queues before? Uh, so it's this, it's this wild experience, almost like you're waiting in the line for a movie, or like, or like a ride at Disney World or something. Uh, it's this whole new sensation. Thanks to Wedge from the Mana Source for reviewing WoW Classic. It's now out on PC. Quick mention of something that arrived today. This is Zelda Link's Awakening, which is a Switch remake of the Game Boy game from 1993. Did you play Zelda on the Game Boy? No, that's the only game I didn't play. Because it's, it's kind of like Pokemon, except that instead of the fights 
stopping the game and you're going into the the fight mode that uh-huh. Pokemon did. Instead of that, it was like real time fights. So you'd slash your sword on your character in the world, and it would hit the bad guys. I see. Yeah. This is a complete remake of that, and it's just come out now. <laughs> I was expecting a lot more from this game than what it cost. It's priced as a full price game, so you know, fifty, sixty quid. It's expensive. Aren't they expensive games. They these really games? are. They're really, really expensive. And I don't know why, to be honest. I swear, I swear, though, our postman must think, how many games do they <laughs> order? What do they do in the house? Well, they just leave them outside the front door, though, don't they? Let's not get into that. Yeah. I mean, that that infuriates us. Anyway, <laughs> it's quite laggy. I was annoyed at how laggy the game was, and I thought it should have been better for a re-release that people have been waiting a long time for. So uh, I've played for about an hour today, and I, I think it should be better. I did get into it eventually, though, but at this early stage, it's getting a 6 out of 10. But I think we need to investigate whether we can return games if they're rubbish. Do you know what? I, that is a thing I want to do a genuine investigation on, because what are the... You know, if a game says an astounding game, and then you play it, and you don't think it's astounding, are you allowed to say... Well, you, prom- you your promotional material was wrong. Well, maybe that's for the next edition. Okay, we'll look into that. But 6 out of 10, but if you love the classic one, it has got much better graphics, so maybe worth checking out. It doesn't get much more classic than Doom, the original first-person shooter, which has been re-released this month on mobile devices. I had actually played the original Doom from 1993. This is what I would describe as a, a faithful, pointless remake. Yeah. So they remade it exactly the same, Okay. but I don't know why. Because the controls are awkward. Do you really want to go back and play Doom now? I mean, if you want the nostalgia trip, okay, get this game. It's really, really cheap. It's like £5.99. Does it look any better? No, it's exactly the same game. The controls are fiddly. It feels like you're running on ice, but that was kind of like what the original was like. Um, So what's the point? It's just a a pure nostalgia trip, but I don't know why you would do this one. And I think also, because it's such such an old game, Six pounds is actually quite yeah, expensive. Yeah, definitely. For just exactly the same thing. How much was the Sega thing we bought? Oh, we bought Sega Classics, mm-hmm. which is twenty games, mm-hmm. and that was about fifteen quid. Yeah, and that was well worth it because really you get good. loads of classic games. Uh, anyway, it is out now. If you really want to play it again, it's available on iOS and Android now. Monster kill. kill, kill. And finally, after the latest Tamagotchis were released a few weeks ago in America, we decided to see if our new virtual pets could be persuaded to get married to each other, just like we're going to in February. Exciting times. I was about to say, are you excited? I can't wait, honestly. I know, it's going to be so good. I hope it goes better than, well, the experience we've had with these Tamagotchis. So, just to fill you in, if you missed last month's episode where the Tamagotchis arrived after a long time, they cost £65 each. Um, That's expensive. Which is a lot of money. In fact, we could have bought a bit of a slice of a wedding cake We could have bought. We could have bought four wedding chairs for that. Yeah. Why are wedding cakes and chairs and things? Why is it so expensive? I don't know. Okay, anyway, you got sidetracked. Uh, Tamagotchis were one of the most popular digital pets. What's different about these ones? They're in colour, first of all. They're, they're massive. They're really massive, as you'll hear shortly. Um, in fact, because we spent like way too long playing with them, yeah. the review got s- enormous. So I'm going to have to fast forward some wow. of the bits of our I think we're review. a little bit, little bit excited. Yeah. So here we go, then. The time has come. For Tamagotchi action. This is an exciting day. I've never seen somebody so keen. You'll need a screwdriver, batteries, and the instructions. Get going. Here we go. I can't believe that you have to put your own batteries in for starters. Like, that's a disgrace. Shall we read the instructions? No, just carry on. Just put the batteries in. (laughs) The instructions are in French. (laughs) We've got no chance. Oh, I found the English ones. Okay, 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 okay. Good. So these virtual pets should be... Oh, It's on. Oh, it's in colour. No. It's in colour! No, look, let me... I want to play now. Hang on. Oh, mine's on. This looks amazing, though. It's a bit big because it's literally the size of the palm of my hand. Mm. But... It's weighty. It's quite colourful, isn't it? Oh, Date. Oh, it's American way around, by the way. These are an absolute faff. So I would say that you need an adult for this. It says user guide six and over. <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this so late. 
and after a glass of wine. <laughs> what think, about a glass? <laughs> I think that's probably where some of the user errors coming from. <laughs> Your name? Oh. I can put my name in. No, but I'm going to call it something. Tammy. <laughs> Coin mine Tammy. I was going to call mine Tammy, but it takes so long to enter the name that I've just gone for Tam, because that's fine. Oh my goodness, I'm going to call it Bailey. I've got an egg that's rocking left to right, and now the screen's just turned off completely. It's broken! Oh, is that to save battery? What's the point in it if the battery saves by turning off? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Oh, no, it's doing something. Mine's hatching. Yay! Congratulations on your new Tamagotchi. The um the graphics are amazing, aren't they? To say it's so small. Yeah, compared it's a little, to what it is a little bit like Pokemon, though, isn't it? So mine looks like a. I mean, does would you say it looks like a female character? Maybe. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yay! It's hatching. Well, mine's blue. Yours is rubbish. Mine's amazing. Oh, but it's, it is Bailey. So oh, mine's crying now as well. They don't look very happy, do they? Imagine giving this to your kid. Here you go. Oh, it's sad, mummy. Oh, well. I think we should go our separate ways for a bit and reconvene when they're older. What do you think? I think so. Okay, so I've just, um, I'm just getting in from work. I'm just looking at the Tamagotchi. Hang on. He's upset. He's always upset. Two little poops. He's crying. He's in the corner. I'm not talking about Chris either. The thing is, it's so needy. I just haven't got the time. Okay, so at least he's happy now. And now he's jumping up and down. Give him a rice bowl. Who doesn't like a rice bowl? Day three of Tamagotchi action, and it's evolved again overnight. This time it actually looks like a bride. It's a white Tamagotchi with a white dress on and a white, like, veil. And then it's got a cloud on her head. And why is there two poops there? I've been looking after it. That well. <laughs> Have you found these so far? Um, they seem to be constantly unhappy all the time. Have you noticed that? Like it's, it's very much. it's too much. I mean, this has put me off kids for life. <laughs> so we're at the stage now where we're about to see if one of the Tamagotchis can propose to the other one of the Tamagotchis. Who's going to propose? Well, luckily, I've already thought of this, and just like in real life, I've spent 500 gotchi points on buying a (laughs) ring. (laughs) Is that how much it was? There was an option in the game for me to buy a 5,000 gotchi point ring, but I just thought, nah. you got the 500 one, (laughs) you absolute cheapskate. Well, it's not up to me, is it? It's up to Bailey, your Tamagotchi. You can have... Have that back. Oh, the real one. <laughs> no. Thanks very much indeed. I'll ha- happily trade that back in for some more games. Okay. Look what mine looks like. It's like a robber. Oh no, it's going. To, oh, it's doing this thing that you hate. You hate it when it right. does this. Can I just point out that there's a squirrel that just turns up randomly all the time and goes, "Hey, do you want to eat some apples? Hey, do you want to eat some grapes?" And then like abducts your character for about a minute. And then it explodes. Yeah. What's that about? Right, are you going to propose to me or what? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure my Tamagotchi's not in the best state because it's <laughs> crying at the moment. <laughs> like most proposals. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to do that afterwards. Anyway, right. so connection. This, if this works, though, at least it'll be great success. Uh, okay. Tamagotchi. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Marry. Right, so I'm going to press marry. Oh, hang on. Oh, it's, no, it's a squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> What's with the squirrel? Okay, marry. So you've got like two little um, infrared points at the end of the Tamagotchi. You're supposed to like line them up and then on the screen it says waiting. And normally they connect, but no, they're not going to marry. These are a waste of money. Wow. You just is that it? Are you done? Well, yeah, what's the point? I got the Tamagotchi because I thought they could marry and have babies and mine doesn't. Mine just sits there and cries. So they're going back to the shop again, off to America. Again? Yeah. Uh, they just, they've done. This is what it's I wanted done. to ask you about, right? Has the idea of a Tamagotchi yeah. been and, and gone? Yeah. We talked about this. I think the, the thing is with, with Tamagotchis is that 
back in the day, I sound really old here, we didn't have mobile phones no. and something that's really interactive, you know, in real time. So Tamagotchis were like, what the hell? Yeah. This is amazing. But now, obviously, that a couple of years down the line, it's like, and what? And you kind of get a Tamagotchi for the retro revival of it, you know, the retroness. Mm. But because these have been tried to, you know, be updated... What's the point? You got a week's worth of battery as well, and then they die. Yeah, and they ne- the fact they never married and never had babies, I think it was just so disappointing. So back they go. I'll let you know if I get the refund. And that's it for this month. That was like a very enjoyable marathon. Does that mean we can have takeaway tonight? Because we've done lots of. No, it's not our cheat day today. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's, it's not. Not our cheat day. <laughs> Every day's cheat day for me at the moment. <laughs> it's for Bailey. <laughs> ah, Bailey the rabbit, so fat still. Uh, you can read more about the items, the transcripts of these interviews, and there's some supplementary links and pictures as well. Oh. I know they are actually quite good. I spent ages choosing them. <laughs> uh, NakedScientist.com. You can also leave your comments there and reviews as well. And please get in touch if you'd like to. Email gaming at NakedScientist.com and. And you can now tweet us at Naked Gaming Pod. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, do let us know on the email as well. And then I can afford to buy a boutonniere for our wedding. Ah, I need to get one for my dad as well. And and the rest of the guests. Sorry, not special. We need lots of sponsors. Yeah, (laughs) lots and lots of sponsors. What is... I didn't even know boutonniere was a word before we started getting married. Did you know what that was? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the flower that you wear if you don't if you still don't know if you're not into weddings we don't, we don't even know what cake we're getting we're just like just whatever cake just bring it on we're just fine. getting whatever cake is included in our wedding package exactly exactly uh, so thanks for tuning in this month there's loads of stuff available online so check it out as well and we'll catch you next time round 